Hey everyone, welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma, and with me, Mr. Daniel Ornelas. What is up, man? Hey, brother. How's it going? It's going all right. So how was your Easter, man? Easter was great. Uh, we went to the uh, vineyards here in Nashville, which is Arrington Vineyards, and we went and sat on the hill and chilled out with our families and watched the beautiful, it was a beautiful summer day, I guess, spring spring day. Um, but we had an amazing service before that uh, Church of the City. Um, there was actually a very big band on stage, quite, quite un, unusual for our church, but we had Chris McClarney and about 17 other dudes on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that either and sounds actually, amazing or a total nightmare. Yeah, it actually sounded pretty good, man. Uh, there's there's uh, like a percussionist, which we don't normally have, and everyone was kind of, you know, I guess just with being in Nashville, everyone knows how to find their parking space, and it just sounded really, really good. I was, I was pretty stoked by it. Dude, that's awesome. We had a, we had, yeah, we were packed to the gills too. It, it's always funny because people always pack out on Easter, but it's, I don't know. It's it, to, to me, it's like the least like every other gathering that you have all year. It's like that in Christmas, right? And yeah. So, so for people, <laughs> so for people who go to Christmas and Easter only, like what their concept of church is is probably very different than than the norm. <laughs> Which is weird because it's like an amazing service and you wonder why they don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we need like, to make it more like the other ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, apparently this this band always has 17 people in it. Yeah. <laughs> and they only play upbeat and happy songs. <laughs> amazing. And everyone sings so loud. No, it's super cool. It was funny. We actually realized, so you know, I'm in like a smaller environment, right? So we, mm-hmm. got, we got, I think we got three songs in. And then somebody came up and uh, and like kind of we brought the kids around and they did this uh, we did this godly play program and so they had all these kids like sitting around and they told the story of Jesus which is really cool those I don't know if you've ever seen those stories they're like they're really like every all the kids sit around in a circle and they're just totally quiet and then the storyteller like tells them the story in this very specific way and it's so um, engaging it's like you're um, just like I sit there and I'm just like like tearing up listening to them oh my gosh like talk about how, how who jesus is and how he's it's i don't know it's amazing but anyway very cool we get through that and then i go into like the next song and then we realize after that song that i also so i look over and i'm like man it's been really hard to hear and it turns out only one speaker was on <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Mono. Bully had never even had the other speaker on. Just just one speaker for like the whole room. <laughs> for like however many people were there, which was quite a bit for, for our, our environment. But I was like, have yourself, have yourself a very mono Easter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, amazing. But yeah. Well, man, I'm, a, uh, I'm excited about who we've got today. So John Egan is a uh I'm, I'm really looking forward to this he is uh he's a worship leader at new life church in colorado springs he was part of a band called desperation band but before that he and i were in youth group together and we started leading worship together like the same week like he had a he had a drum kit and i had an electric guitar and we were both terrible at them but we were like let's do it and That's so we, amazing. So we were like, from the very inception of our instrumental lives, we were uh, we we were playing together. We played together all through high school and all through college. And if I hadn't come to Washington to come see about a girl, and had not gone to Thailand to be a dive instructor, my third plan was potentially to go and go and keep making music with him. So maybe I should have done that because he's doing quite well for himself. 
That's what I've heard. <laughs> Since the last the last time I saw him, he was doing great. I actually saw him at the Integrity launch for a couple of different artists that were Alyssa Turner and I can't remember who all the guys I was playing with. Uh, but he showed up there and he seemed to be in fine spirits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing he's doing quite well. And he uh, he's he was also on that uh, on that tour that I was on in South Africa where I met you. That is crazy. Nineteen ninety eight. Amazing. Yeah, that's we actually did. We spoke about that the last time I saw him. What a champ. He's a good man. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. So uh, anyway, uh, it's it's kind of cool to see what he's doing. He's 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 he like I said, he was in Desperation Band. He's been leading worship for a long time, but this is his first like John Egan project and uh, it's called Unveil. And uh, we've got we've got a lot to talk about. So let's dive in. John, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness, Jason Houtsma. It is such a pleasure. Dude, it is it is it's so weird hearing your voice because it's been so <laughs> dang long. And it's an, it's one of those things where we immediately jump in and you're just like start cracking it, jokes from something that happened 20 years ago. It's home. You are your voice is home. A lot of people don't know that we have we grew up together literally three miles. Our houses were three miles apart and we went, grew up at the same church and we got, we found Jesus probably around the same time. So it's awesome to talk to you, Jay. Yeah, man. Great, great to talk with you as well. I told, uh, I told Daniel at the beginning of the podcast, I was like, you know, the, uh, the, my, my alternate plan is like, if I didn't come see about a girl <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I didn't go teach diving in Thailand, yeah, Colorado, <laughs> you buddy, you were on that. You're my, you're my plan I- C. Are you telling me I was your number three? <laughs> you were my number three, bud. I, I've no one has ever said so, anything that nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pr- I'm proud to be your number three, bro. Well, <laughs> well, I'm I'm about to say a bunch of nice things to you. I just listened oh, to your to your bring uh, it on. <laughs> to your. Don't get used to it though. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I just listened to uh, your record, your new record, on yeah. And, Thank you for uh, listening. and, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. It's really, um, it's kind of funny because, you know, I've known you for a long time. I've known yeah. you since before you were a singer and yes. you were a drummer, drummer who used to just randomly with headphones on in the tour van, just <laughs> shout out like, we're going to see angels sing and dance. <laughs> well, listen that. Okay. So that story right there actually has something to do with this album. Um, oh. so this this is why this is why I make the big bucks podcasting. You really have the intuition, my friend. I so we're gonna see Angel sing and dance. Me screaming that uh, with you while while you were in the van with twelve other people while we were in South Africa. While the rest of that us w- were probably napping. So thanks. you were probably <laughs> uh, that was delirious. That was Martin Smith shouting a live moment, and so I've been making writing songs and releasing songs for for 15, 16 years now with like Desperation Band and New Life Worship. And I'm just gotten older, so I'm not doing the youth worship thing as much. So it was like the only step was, well, let's just release more music and we'll just call it John Egan. And so with that came like a chance to kind of rethink, you know, I didn't have to, you didn't have to, I didn't have to stick to the Desperation Band kind of thing. And, um, and I said from the beginning, I was like, I want to go back to, to the, the start. start. I want to go back. 
I want to go back to the start where you found me. <laughs> Sorry. I want to go back to the stuff that when I was in college and my dad sent me this band called Delirious and I was listening to it nonstop, just shouting these lyrics, like screaming these like prophecies. Like Mark, I want to go back. I want to tap into that. So anyway, your story of me annoying you while you were taking a nap is the reason we are talking today. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> yeah. So so you're shouting a lot of prophecies. Are you kind of like are you singing uh, just like you're gonna meet a girl named Ellen? She's gonna be <laughs> No, no. No nothing that unique or uh, <laughs> nothing that's that uh, poignant. Uh, but no, it's 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 meaning we just kept we kept it really live, you know. Mm-hmm. And um and that is what I'm probably most proud of is we kept it really live and there was like these prayer moments and stuff that we kept you know and uh, even the mix engineer you know mix engineer he would he would get us give us tracks back from the record and it'd be missing all that stuff and we're like hey where's the <laughs> where's all the ministry stuff that he's like oh most everyone cuts that stuff out you want that stuff <laughs> you know it's like no yeah that's that's in there on purpose and he's like oh great you know he's like oh that's so. weird i don't believe in god so <laughs> yeah. i didn't think that we needed to keep now, that this, in this mixed engineer is just he, he's a, he's a, he's the man. He, he believes in God. God, it's good, good to know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back to what you said because you just kind of glossed over it, and you basically said you were too old to do youth music anymore. When is when do you cross yeah. that line? Like, at what point were you? Because because I mean, you've you've been yeah. like the energy guy. You've been the like yeah. you know desperation yeah. always, kind of like the young guy. And now we're did you have you yeah. turned forty yet? Uh, two weeks from now. Oh yeah, welcome to life. Okay, yeah, I just turned forty, so here we are. And like, when did you know? When were you like, <clears throat> I'd probably just need to do something for old dudes now. You know what it was? I, I was leading worship. Um, I was doing Desperation Band, which is, which was kind of the youth expression of our church, but out of the Desperation Conference thing that we were doing. Um, and I actually still do that. But um, the when we were traveling or doing different events around the country, around the world. It was all youth events and junior high and high school events. And I really just got to the point where I was, I, I didn't stop enjoying it. I just, um, when I was home, I was leading worship full time for the whole church, like the multi-generational, you know, we call it big church, right? I was leading worship for big church. Um, and, uh, I fell in love with big church. I fell in love with all the ages and moms, dads, you know, grandparents, all the whole thing, um, and I fell in love with not having to lead worship for a group of people that's going to graduate, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that we could do life for the long haul with. And um, so, yeah, you know, and and I think, too, for me as a person, I was just I was I really took quite a leap in my personality from extrovert to introvert over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've become so much more introverted. And I think because of that, also more reflective, more contemplative, um, which has shown up in my, um, I think, my writing and just my tone. And um, so it just seemed to, it's not so much like, well, this is not going to work anymore for you kids. I just, I just felt like it's time to pass the torch mm-hmm. um, on, into, uh, give it to some people who live for this and have a sound and a song to give to these pe- to these people specifically. And I felt like my song was no longer just for them, I guess. So mm-hmm. it was just a natural thing. Uh, no one told me it's time to, <laughs> no one told me it's time to hang it up, old man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's I probably just some 15 year old kid. 
Yeah, it's like, well, exactly. do, you, do you feel old? Because <laughs> you look it. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I will be leading worship here at our like 18th Desperation Conference this summer. And two things are happening this summer that are, will be bizarre for me to lead worship at the youth conference. Is number one, I'll be 40. So I'll be leading worship at 40, which is no big deal. But number two is my kids will be attending as actual attenders. Oh, wow. Because they'll be going into middle school. So that brings about an interesting dynamic. So I'm definitely going to have a good conversation with them about like, hey, do you want your dad up there leading worship? Um, Stop embarrassing me, dad. Big, yeah, because I want them to own it. I want it there, it to be theirs. And, uh, you know, so anyway, it's uh, – I don't know when is the time to hang it up. It's a great question. But uh, – uh, so far, so good. I'm just going to keep leading worship where they invite me. So you mentioned you mentioned that you're you kind of felt like your song had changed a little bit. Like what? If yeah. you can kind of step back from that, yeah. what what is different? What do you see? Are there things that you're that you're adding that you didn't necessarily yeah. feel at liberty to add? Are there things that you're just feeling like oh yeah. the topics are different? Like how how did yeah. how is how has your music changed? Two two ways um, on this new project that I explore new types of songs that I maybe have, maybe didn't explore as much before. But as I've been a worship leader too for a long time, I've realized that, my goodness, um, this is a serious thing and that we are actually kind of really either hurting or helping people. Um, and, and what I mean by hurting is that um, I'm realizing that we're not just singing what we believe, um, and we've all kind of agreed on what we believe, and then we're going to sing it. We're also like believing, uh, singing our way into actually forming beliefs. Um, the songs that I write or we write and that we sing actually end up teaching the people what the Word of God is, what theology says, and I'm, I don't think that we were holding that ever loosely but I don't think we were holding it tight enough. And so I've, with this record, I knew I was intentional with a few things. I wanted out of the gate, we have to just be saying the name Jesus. Um, that, that might sound simple, but it, to me it's really intentional. Um, because if someone picks up the album and is only going to give it one track, at least they know what I'm singing to, who I'm singing to, and what I'm singing about. Um, and even in that first track, it meant, mentioned things about Jesus being the Word and being the cup and the bread. And it's like, okay, there's some intentionality here, you know. So there, there is some. There, ha, there was just a bit more a, uh, agonizing over content, mm -hmm. but I enjoyed it. It, it was a beautiful agony um, because of the call, because of the reason we're doing this. Um, and the second thing, the second liberty that I felt like I was able to take now being older and it being a John Egan project and is uh, there's a couple songs on the project that uh, are not necessarily built for your um, Sunday morning congregational moment. They're more of a psalm type of mm -hmm. like Davidic, you could call it, or just a because um, I spent the last few years, I spent endless hours in the psalms um, because... I love the honesty and I love the rawness. And so I wrote some songs from the Psalms that felt like Psalms to me. And I actually didn't know if they would have any purpose whatsoever, but we included a couple of those on this project. And 
Uh, then, you know, it's funny. They're the ones people gravitate toward. And I think it's because people are in their cars or a lot more than they're at church, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they, they want to, they want to kind of get a little bit more raw. So I've enjoyed being able to express myself, um, a little differently maybe on this. So, and then, and then the rest of the album, I mean, I want to resource the church. I always do, always want to do that. I don't know if the churches will, will, will sing these songs. I, I, I hope so. But uh, especially these days, bro, like there's no guarantee of anything, you know? Mm. And that, maybe that was another thing that gave me some freedom. I was like, wow, the, the, the industry is covered with songs coming out every other day. And I mean, there's a lot out there. So, okay. How about I just give up? How about I just shelve the idea, or at least surrender to the idea of I have to have songs that poke out and do all this stuff? If since that's so hard to do anyway, it's like maybe I could actually be a bit more authentic, authentically me anyway. Mm. Well, so. it, was, it was interesting that you they they say that because I you know as, as as I was listening through, you know I'm always the thing that I'm always paying attention to in because I'm a worship pastor. And, yeah. you know, I write a lot of the songs for my congregation. And part of that is in a lot of ways that I feel like sometimes songs don't really use the language that I, that, that my community mm. would use. It's hard. It's right. like, these, it's, it's like, oh, that's a, that's a great thing to say, but my people don't talk like that. And we've talked about right. that on the podcast before. And, um, yeah, that's are, good. but what you're, one thing I really appreciated about the way that you frame the lyrics is, you know, a lot of these things are. It, they're about our identity in Christ and mm-hmm. their and and who He's made us to be, but mm-hmm. they're not taking that the tack that I hear a lot of music doing, which is like framing ourselves based on God, but yeah. instead we're ju- you're just framing God, and that right. speaks to who we are, and that is the thing that I that is the thing that identifies us. But if we sit there and we navel gaze and we're just like, oh, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that. Yeah. It's it's not the same thing. Like whereas you seem to you seem to find a way to do that, but at the same time be able to to frame it in like, God, you are this, and that just yeah. means this. And because uh, of that, I am this. I, I right. that's 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 awesome. Jay, I, I I just appreciate you saying that. I have a song, the last song on the album is called The Table, and it's all about the uh, the invitation to be the invitation to have a seat at this table of the Lord, which could be a lot of things, this, the, the, the supper table of the Lord or, or the place where the Father, Son, and Spirit dwell. And we have a seat at this table. And the bridge launches into an I am this, I, I am accepted, I am free, I am at the table, I belong mm-hmm. at the table. And I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled and I took, because I, because the song was so about the Father, Son, and Spirit and this, this mystery and this invitation, and I was really proud of this direction it was going. And then I have this bridge that says, I am these things. And I, and I held the song off from being recorded on the album because I felt like I shouldn't end the, end the song with this I am, I am. And I took it to this kind of spiritual papa we got around here. Who, he's 71 years old. He actually wrote the song, I Exalt Thee, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm familiar with that one. Yes. Um, and I took it to him and I said, right now, this song is not on the project because here's my concern. And he launched into pretty much exactly what you just said, Jay. He, he just says, no, there is, there is me, I language that points to me and I, and then there's me, I language that points to everything he did. And he is, mm-hmm. he's like, I, he's like, I think you have to include, uh, this song 
And I think that you have to end it by saying, so because of all these things, I'm accepted. I'm, I am, um, because all of that points to him. So, but that's a good example of like the battle that I was fighting with this project, wanting it to just wanting it to matter. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, the song, the other song, you know, I mean, I love the, uh, I like I said, I listened, I listened through. Yeah. Um, you know, the couple that song stood out to me. Uh, the song "What You Said" really, really stuck yeah. out to me. It was like, man, I can, I might yeah. do that one. I could grab that. Yeah. one. Um, I love which is, that. Yeah. Which is which is interesting because it translates. I, I grabbed my acoustic guitar and started playing it because yeah. it really translates. Like you're, so you write. I mean, you go to New Life Church. It's mm-hmm. a huge church. Like when you lead worship, it, I mean, the picture of you on the front cover is like, yeah, like. It's It's lights. Like it's the whole deal. Right. And it's like, and sometimes songs that are done in that environment don't translate. I do have a hat on though. Does the hat at least kind of, you're you're looking up. So actually the, the, actually the thing I noticed uh, is I was like, I was like, Oh, he finally saw the light and got himself a Martin. You know, (laughs) I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. But, um, but no, but the, the, uh, but how does your environment, the environment that you lead in, mm-hmm. influence the way that you write songs? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's like the language of my people. Like, well, what is the language of our people? Um, what's funny on this album is, I, you know, I recorded, we recorded um, like eight hours of worship over the course of five months. And that one of the gatherings was at the Desperation Conference, and that's where that picture came from. Um, and then the other gatherings were with still a larger group, like 800 people, um, but quite a bit smaller um, and quite a bit simpler mm-hmm. in, in production and all that stuff. Um, but it was what it was, though, each time it was our people. It was, my, it was our church. It was the people I know. And, um, and uh, the, I, I can't, I've been with these people almost 18 years, you know. Um, we just, we share a language. We share a, th- we share a thing. So I just want to make sure that I'm writing for them um songs that they could sing because i have to sing these songs with these people every week you know and um oh i'm trying to think of actually what your question was i just got lost oh i just no no (laughs) no, i'm I'm following you no i'm the uh just just about like how your environment right because because like what i would say is like i take the song like what you said and i listen to it and it it sounds huge like it's 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 a quiet song that still sounds huge yeah you know and i'm like so I'm like, man, I, I, I really like these lyrics and I grabbed my mm-hmm. acoustic guitar and I was able to like, I was like, Oh, okay. That's how, yeah, that's how yeah. I do that. That, that translates. Um, yeah. but yeah, I was just kind of asking like how the environment that you lead in influences the way that you write. Like, are you like when you're writing songs and you're like, okay, how are we going to sing this? I mean, I'm assuming you're seeing like this, a, a relatively large, well, I'm try- doing it. I, I'm trying not. To, I mean, with desperation band, it was so big. um that i'm trying to bring some intimacy to this um and it's really actually hilarious i mean you could tell already just by the way i'm answering this question this is a bit of a tension for me actually because when i talked to the producer who did what you see i had a producer who who produced what you said the song what you said and Mm -hmm. the song on on veil he wanted to produce those too And, and i told him i was like okay here's the thing though bro i don't want to do stadium worship I don't want to do arena stuff. I want this thing to be so believable and raw and real and anyone can listen to it and go, 
And then when we start getting working on it and getting it back, I was like, this is, this is huge. (laughs) You know, but, but finally somebody like who knows me just said, but, but John, this is what happened that night. And there Mm -hmm. was, there was 3000 teenagers that were just going for it. So you're you're actually worse off if you're going to start to control it. Um, So a lot of the other parts of the album are quite stripped down uh, with people. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, I finally just accepted, like, I'm willing to live to, to this moment. I'm going to live to these people. And when we declared this song together on this recording, because I didn't do the songs five times in five different places. I just did it once. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that's who we had at the moment. That's who we had singing with us at the moment. So it felt, so what I was like, you know what, this is authentically what happened. And right. that's, that's good enough for me. So, and then the song like Pure Exaltation goes in and it's, it's 800 of our church members on a Wednesday night. And what you hear there on the verses, you could hear like kids playing and the, the, the guys were like, oh, should we lower that? The mixed guy's like, no, no, no. I like turn that up because I, I just, I just, I know it's an overused word, authenticity, but I just want it. At least we know that this is what happened. Right. You know? Well, and in, and in, in some ways it's like you, I mean, you're, you're documenting what is happening, yeah. right? You're well, documenting well a season of your, of your life. And so if you're documenting that, it's, it feels strange to pull a lot of that away and yeah. it's, and it, and there's gotta be some level of, of even just like dying to yourself a little bit. Right. Because you're kind of like, this is what I see that's creative. This is what I want to do. Yeah. And I, like, I find that when I, you know, when I lead worship, I have the same thing. I have like, Oh, I've got this vision for the song and I've yeah. written in my little, in my room and then I'm going to bring it in here. And then, okay. Yeah. It's not like what I heard. But, not what I heard. Yeah. But that's, no, that's what bro, it that's is. So good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. really, that's really good. Cause I, bro, I've been a part of recordings and I don't, I, I hate to, I don't want to make something lose so I could win. I, I'm not trying to bash anything. I just, um, but I've been a part of recordings where you, you fabricate a night that didn't exist in your community before, mm-hmm. um, Tuesday night recording. And okay, is that a problem? No, it's no big deal. But then everyone gets in there and your stage looks totally different. Your backdrops look totally different. Your, your room looks totally different. Your and then next thing you know, everyone's kind of acting quite a bit different. And you press record and the red light's on and you're trying to come up with this authentic worship experience with your people. But at the same time, there's also a bunch of guests there because you put out flyers at Starbucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just remember thinking, I just, I want this thing to fly under the radar. And, and by the end of it, our church is like, wait a minute, what? We recorded an album? And that's exactly what happened. That we pulled off. Um, nice. We set up microphones. We did normal our normal nights of worship. We plugged in and we recorded. And not till it was over did anyone even know that we had recorded a full album. <laughs> and and there's something about that. Does it does do you really hear the difference when you listen back compared to if we did the Tuesday night thing? I don't know, but but maybe um, you know. At least for me, I know that we captured the real um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, not that the other's the fake, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know what I mean. Oh yeah, and and it's yeah. like yeah, it's it's those intangible things. But I think even as you're, you know, um, as you being the one that is, you know, it's like you're taking it on as like this is the project that I want to do, and to be able to make that choice and to to run with that choice, I think yeah. is I think is a is a powerful thing. Yeah. So I've got um I got one more question for you. Yeah, hit me. So uh, 
This is going so fast, bro. We're just we're just bros, man. We're just growing it up. I know. I, I almost it's like I almost want to hang out with you again. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> come on out, man. Next we'll time, next you. time I come out to Colorado. We'll I've, take you. I hear I have family there. <laughs> you, yeah, you do, bro. You do. <laughs> so um yeah, let's see. So uh okay, so the song Unveil. Yeah. You know, you're really kind of asking this question, like yeah. it's it's that wanting more of God, right? You're saying I want you to unveil my eyes. Yes. Yes. Um, maybe you could speak a little bit to, you know, it's like as, as worship leaders and, you know, you talked about like mystery, you talked Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, like just the sacraments that we have, like this whole, this whole God thing is weird. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it it is mysterious. And we live in a world where everyone wants us to give like real specific answers that like no, that no no sane person would ever be certain about. Um, and you're kind of really in this, especially on this album, really kind of leaning into the mystery that is there. And yeah. I, I thought that I thought the idea of unveil, unveiling was really interesting because as a worship pastor, I feel like it's our job in some ways to 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 know God the best we can and try and unveil mm-hmm. uh, what that is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it, and it seems like you're, you've, you've done a really good job throughout this of kind of writing those songs. Like if you could kind of step away from this album and say like, you know, what, what is the thing that God showed me mm-hmm. while preparing for this or this particular season of my life? Like, are there, is there anything that rises to the top? Yeah. Uh, I think we, I didn't want to project. So the, unve- I wanted to, for there to be an unveiling. Um, of the Lord and um, and like, hey, here's me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, here's behind the curtain of John Egan. Like, I, I've been doing this for a long time and not looking for a pat on the back there, but I also have, I've also, like so many people, I have battled uh, fear and anxiety and worshiped through that. Um, I have, you know, I have doubted and worshiped through that. Um, our church has been through a shooting and we worship through that. Um, I wondered if I should ever be at this church anymore, worship through that. Like, mm-hmm. I think like the unveil idea was the big theme for me. And we titled this album that because I hope that people uh, are looking for something believable and real. Um, and I think that, I think, we're doing the best we can to say, Hey, follow me as I follow Christ. But I think that people abuse that by saying, so I'm perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm awesome. So, so follow me. And I did have a desire on this album with the inclusion of a couple of different types of songs and, and for it to be more alive than anything I've ever done. So some of the vocals aren't on pitch. um, Yeah. I was going to talk to you about that. (laughs) 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 Sorry about that. Um, I'm just kidding. I had it. I had a desire to, for people to kind of go like, huh, that's, this is, this is John and this is, wow, they went for it. And this is what happened. And, um, so, and so that was, that was just a big desire for me to, for people to be able to touch it and to have a grit and, and then say, hmm. You know, I don't feel the perfection on this or the shine on this because, man, worship music has gotten so good. I mean, so good. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm also saying like, um, 
let's go remember back in the beginning when we were listening to some of that stuff and we were getting totally blitzed by the presence of God. We're going, and that you go listen to that stuff now. That stuff was far from good. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but there was something that they were just so committed to capturing. Um, so the unveiling, I wanted, I wanted the unveiling behind the curtain of who are these people really? Who is this church really? Um, and then, and then, wow, they're going to be crazy enough to ask God to show himself to them where everyone knows if God shows himself, we'll all die. <laughs> uh, you know, but I'm like, no, I mean, you show us God somehow, some way, show us yourself in a way that you see fit, like, um, that won't, won't destroy us, but, but we're going to ask for it because I, I feel like, um, a lot of songs we sing, we will be able to sing forever, but, uh, only un- unveiled will only sing now because our eyes will be unveiled mm-hmm. in the end of all things when all is made right and the world is reconciled to himself. So I love these certain songs that you can only sing now. Like you could sing songs through pain only now. You won't be mm-hmm. able to do that then because all will be made right. Um, and you could sing songs of asking to see the glory of God now. Um, you can only do that now. So I, yeah, I could, you know, there's so many facets to that word unveil and i think that's probably why and even the cover like it's black and white and but the word unveils in like this watercolor and i i did that with my kids watercolor set and because i just felt like you know if it's now or if it's or if it's later when all things are made new our black and white world will turn to color we will see we will see the unveiling is coming um, but how about we can ask for it now? Let's be a little bit wild. <laughs> you know. Awesome, so, man. Well, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, I, like I said, I, I liked what I've heard. I already uh, very you. much gra- gravitated toward that song, What You Said. Yeah, cool. Uh, and, Thank uh, you. And uh, we'll, I'll be listening to it more as well. So thanks uh, thanks for sa- taking the time. I, uh, I couldn't believe it when I got an email from your publicist. <laughs> I have a publicist to, trying to get you on the podcast. They're new. They're new. She was, she was, they, are, I, they actually are new and I've only talked to them one time, but they're awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, 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 it, no, it's cool though. It's, it's, um, it's always, I think it's always interesting when you don't see somebody for a while, especially somebody you've known for a long time and like journeys yeah. have gone in different directions and then to yeah. just go, man, you're same old dude. It's awesome. Mm. So, uh, you too, bro. It's so great to, to hang with you and thanks for having me on for real. Oh, I really we'll, appreciate it. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you back. We'll have you back. Oh, as, yeah, let's do it, man. As long as you make another good album. or I know. make no guarantees, my friend. <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks. Man, that's so cool that you guys have known each other for so long. So tell me, Jason, have you got any dirt on him? I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, man, I have so much dirt on him. I mean, we went to high school and college together. So there's, let's see, what, what, can, I, what can I actually say on the podcast? I'll talk <laughs> I'll tell I'll, no, I'll tell you what he I'll, I'll give you one on him. So when we were when we were first playing, and I totally haven't learned my lesson from this because it's totally happened again. But uh, when we were first in high school, so like I said, we were just playing, and one time we were like practicing. We'd probably been playing for a month, and he was also kind of learn. Or actually, it might have been a little later. No, because I had had a new guitar, so he had actually we'd been playing for a while. But he'd been playing drums, I'd been playing guitar, and I just bought this brand new like my first nice acoustic guitar, you know, I spent like, saved my money for a long time, spent like a thousand bucks on it. And it was just like, it was an Alvarez Yari is what it was. Um, beautiful guitar. And, uh, and then we're, we're sitting there at practice and he's been learning a little bit of guitar. And so he's like, Hey, let's switch. You play drums and I'll play guitar. So we switched yeah. 
And we did that for probably about like 20 minutes. And then he gave it back to me. And then uh, the next day I'm, I pull it out of the case and like the finish all around the, uh, the pick guard is just like scraped away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you're just like, I mean, it's, it wasn't, you know, it's like, it wasn't down to the wood, but it was just like, oh my gosh. Like we're, we're not talking like smudges. We're talking like digs. And it was probably <laughs> like a two by two section of the guitar oh right on the front of it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, but what are you going to do? Like, that's totally one of those. You're like, okay, cool. I guess. Yeah. You either stay friends or you just don't stay friends. <laughs> just cut them off completely. Like all this time we've been hanging out, but, uh, I've decided you're no longer my type of person. Imagine if one day you just walk up to him with a bill that you've had the whole guitar refinished and you say, Hey dude, by, by the way, <laughs> yes. $2,300 bill. They just resurfaced and refinished my whole guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. I could have bought two guitars for the price it cost me to fix this one up from the scrapes I did. But it's funny because I did not learn my lesson. And I, uh, I, I it's, well, there's been kind of like a number, there was a period of time where I wouldn't let people use it, you know, like yeah, I was just yeah, like, oh, you know, if I, if I do, what happens to it? But I had so many people that would let me use their stuff that I, that just kind of went away. And then, uh, and then recently, you, I was sitting out, it was my wife's birthday and we were having like this big sing along around the campfire and a friend of ours brought her new boyfriend. And so he's like, Oh man, can I play? And I'd never heard him play, but I was like, yeah, sure. And I handed him my Mar and he fully like did the same thing. Not quite to that uh, level. Like I could, I was able to buff some of it, but like, if you look in my videos, if it's, it's the thing that annoys me about it is you see these like marks above the, the sound hole. You yeah. know? And I'm always like, I just, that's not me. I don't play like that. <laughs> I know how to, I know how to play. I don't scrape the guitar the whole time. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I had my I had my Gibson at a at a uh, my fortieth birthday party, and a friend of mine I won't mention who he was. He actually grabbed he grabbed it and he started hacking away and singing something, and I, I just watched him, and I could see him doing it. And there's nothing I could do because he was singing a song in front of everybody. I couldn't go stop ruining my guitar. <laughs> so like he just <clears throat> he was just digging in, and the, the, like you say, the the, the upstrokes were like just just tearing the top of the guitar up which i don't mind there being scratches on the bottom section but not at the top yeah the that's spring. just that's just like you don't know what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> exactly come on man <laughs> but you know people are more important than things so you know that's life, true life goes on well that was cool man that is awesome do we have a member mail hit it today or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do have a member mail hit it <laughs> okay hit me Today's member mail comes to us from Miranda, and she actually hit us up last, kind of last year, right near the end of the season, and I think we missed it. So I wanted to make sure that we got it in here. It says, hey guys, before I start, I want to say thank you for the work you're doing. I love your podcast so much. I'm so grateful for your perspective and excellence, both in music and in your discussion of faith and worship. You guys are inspiring, encouraging, and challenging in the best ways. Thank you for your faithfulness. Awesome. The end. That's all we needed. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a perfect question for me. <laughs> but, but wait, there's more. Okay. Uh, she says, my question is this. I play rhythm guitar for the worship team at my church, and I've been told by multiple people that I do this well, meaning I can be relied on to stay on tempo and provide rhythmic support for other musicians. However, we've just recently added a new drummer to our team. She's 12, and she's doing really well considering she's new to all this. But she is frequently offbeat and tends to vary her tempo throughout the song she's playing. 
As I've been playing with her, I've been wondering what the best way to handle the situation might be. If she's off or rushing during a song, should I follow along and adapt to whatever new tempo she's giving so things sound even, even if they're too fast or too slow? Or should I keep playing what I know is the right tempo and hope that she'll hear me and adapt? Or is there another way for us to approach this so that we can work together to support our team the best we can? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks in advance. Wow, that's cool. I mean, at the age that she's at, I'm sure she wouldn't mind being told what what to do or being told to you know learn how to practice better so that she can get the metronome thing going and actually get her timing to be better because she wants to obviously be better. But in the meantime, if she's still playing in church, uh, unless um, you know the the guitar player is leading, she might be able to actually concentrate on her facer and then just like really just kind of either with her strumming or even with a foot stomp show her where the tempo is so she can follow along even if she can't hear the acoustic as well um i know that if you know if you watch someone and they're watching you you can actually help people make sure they're not speeding up or or slowing down if they're concentrating on you Uh, if they're just doing their own thing and they're not concentrating then they can go all over the map but if you i've had i've had sessions where i've been playing with someone and they're kind of speeding up and i'll just look at them and i'll nod my head or stamp my foot it's kind of tempo that we're supposed to be going at and they'll slow down um to to the tempo we're supposed to be at or speed up what are your thoughts jess yeah i think i think you're right it's i mean it oh it depends on how it's it's varied right like if it's a that thing you do situation and you're supposed to start at like 70 beats per minute and you start at like 120 you kind of just got to either stop or you got to just roll with that, right? Like, totally. who knows? You might have a hit song <laughs> on your hands. You, you were just dragging too, too slow. Um, but uh, I think, like you said, like it's, it's hard because the drums are loud. And so they, they do tend to drive things. So I'd say having the conversation with her so that it's like, hey, keep an eye on me. Try and stay with me. Let that be the, the focus. And if you guys can do that, uh, that's that's the way to go. But you need to get this in before she turns like 15 because by then she'll know everything and then she won't listen to anything you say. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, she's 12. I'm sure she wants to do better. Yeah, but at 13, you're you're screwed. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, do it now. The other thing you can do is um, like the drummer from our band, even Ben Showalter, he plays like with everybody and he's, he's a really, really great drummer. He's played with Sonic Flood and everybody. He actually has a little metronome that he bought that's got a light, a flashing light on it. And he has he writes down all the tempos of all the songs so that while they're, you know, he's transitioning into another song, he quickly pushes start on the new tempo and he watches the flashing light while he's playing so that he can actually stay with the light. And it doesn't have to be a click in everybody's ear. It can just be the little flashing light on the metronome or you can even put a headphone in and just wear one in-ear. Uh, if you don't have a you know in-ear system, if you're playing through monitors, you can just stick one headphone in one of your ears and listen to the band through the other ear and then listen to your click as a drummer she could get something like that set up to where it'll help her to follow along and play at the right tempo yeah ideally she just gets better at playing in the right tempo with practice because like like you said like age 12 man that's pretty early so you know she's got some room to grow but if she's open to it just kind of like hey always with a metronome you'll uh you know out of all the instruments it seems like the drums is the easiest one to practice to a metronome because that's kind of yeah. your thing, right? That's it. Yeah, so. get it into your bones. Well, thanks so much, Miranda. really appreciate the question. If you have a question for Remember Mail, you can hit us up, support at worshipartistry.com. You can also direct message us at Facebook, facebook.com slash worshipartistry. And uh, if you want to learn songs and learn them, like how they're played and in time and in tempo, you can hit up worshipartistry.com. You can sign up for free. 
check everything out and uh, and see what we have to offer. And if you don't want to do that, but you still want to support the podcast, it is a huge help to us if you would hit us up with a review on iTunes. Um, that just helps get us out there. It helps share the word and it's it's working. So please keep doing that. That is hugely helpful. Daniel, I'll see you next week. Looking forward to it, man. Have a great week.